On today's episode of Three Wide in the Middle, Keith and I talk about a host of things in the racing world, along with Brad Sweet's now tight race for the championship. We talk about whether or not Denny Hamlin will miss the Final Four, the National Motorsports Appeals Panel's upholding of Cole Custer's penalty, whether or not NASCAR's updated rear end is a step in the right direction. And we open up the show with the end of an era when it comes to Mercedes dominance in F1. And then we close things out with an Ask 3 Wide email from a listener. So sit back, enjoy the show. Bradley Keith, how's it going? What is going on? Not much. Uh, apologies to everybody. Uh, we're coming at you a day late. So uh, I don't really have a legit excuse. Um, my I just started a new work schedule this week, and it's been I've been trying to get caught up on everything that I'm behind on, which, believe it or not, is everything. I'm literally behind on, like, everything. And um, I literally forgot yesterday was Thursday. Like I did not know what day of the week it was until I was on the computer looking at the calendar and was like, oh shit, it's Thursday and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. We forgot to do the pod. Luckily for me, my man Keith, he forgot too. Now he's, you've got more of an excuse than I do. You were actually getting some well, uh, well needed and deserved sleep. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I may or may not have slept through my alarm because yeah. <laughs> of course I worked the night before. Exactly. And, and, yeah, exactly. So oh, how's, well, how's, uh, yeah, how's the baby doing? How's, how's Bristol and, and mom doing? They're doing great. Uh, baby's healthy. Mom's healthy. Um, couldn't ask for anything better from it. Right on, man. So how long were they in the, how long were you guys in the hospital when they get to come so, home? Oh, like right around a day and a half. Oh, nice, man. That's so we, that's good. We went in Thursday and we were out Friday before five o'clock. Oh, if wow. Not, at five. Yeah. Yeah. See, when we went in for my wife, man, we were there for like five days um, because she had gone in. They they induced her labor. Her water broke. They induced her labor. We were there for like 12 hours. Then the one thing that they told us that wouldn't happen happened. The placenta detached and all of a sudden she's like gushing blood and they had to rush her in for emergency C-section. And so, you know, did all that. And because of because of the complications from the pregnancy, I'm not going to pretend and know and understand stuff. But like my wife has like this rare blood type and uh the the rush with the c-section all these different things we were in we ended up having to be there like four days after that first day like it was i think it was all i think we came home on the fifth day so it was uh it was long yeah, man it sucked and when, when we got home it wasn't like it was a whole lot better you know she had you know obviously her stomach sliced open and so you know i'm having to help her get up and get down and it just yeah it was horrible 
Yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to do a C-section because, mm-hmm. I mean, from what I've heard, very miserable time. It, it, very uh, miserable time. I've obviously, ne- you know, being um, a male, I've never had a C-section. <laughs> Not really possible for me, but I've had stomach surgery. I've, I had three feet of my small intestine removed. Um, and I can tell you right now, my stomach operation was the most painful experience I've ever been through. I would, I mean, I've had a total of probably 10 or 11 operations in my life. I've had six knee operations in six years. I would go through all of those knee surgeries again before I would go through that stomach surgery again. It was, it's your, it's so painful when you have stuff like that, your stomach. So, so yeah, that's good, man. I'm glad, glad they're home and, and everything's going good. So, Thanks. Appreciate it. But anyways, what do we got on the docket for today? Well, we got a couple of things we got to cover. Uh, interesting week last week, uh, in the world of racing had some, uh, some shakeups in a couple of series, particularly in the world of outlaws, which we'll be talking about as we've got the world finals coming this next week. And it's going to be coming down to the wire in the sprint cars. Just about every time we think we've got this, uh, this championship figured out all of a sudden there's a freaking curveball. So we'll be talking about that because that's major definitely. Yeah. Major curveball. <laughs> so, so big, big stuff happening there. And, uh, Kyle Larson got the, got the win at Homestead showed just how good that team can be when it's all put together. Um, you know, scary thing, uh, for the competition, they ought to be thanking the appeals board for changing that decision on Byron because uh otherwise if Larson had been in the uh in the playoffs still he I oof, I would be hard to it'd be hard to bet against him um because he would be one of the final four right as now. As usual so, though. Yeah. As usual. Yep. So interesting stuff there. And yeah, we just got a bunch of stuff to dive into and we'll cover a lot of that in hit or miss. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the end of an era, which um officially came to an end this last weekend. So for those of you who follow F1, uh, you know that a couple of weeks ago, Max Verstappen locked up his second driver's championship in a row. Um, he has had just a ridiculous season. Um, he's, I think he's one win away from tying, tying the record or Surpass, I think it's tying the record. One win away from tying the record for the most wins in a season, which is just insane when you talk about, you know, when you when you can put your name on a list with Lewis Hamilton or Michael Schumacher, that's that's just doing something. It's like in sprint cars being able to put your name on the same list as like a Steve Kenzer, right? Or, you know, being up there with Petty or Earnhardt and NASCAR. It's it's a huge deal. Well, this last weekend at Coda, we saw Red Bull win the Constructors Championship. Now, although Verstappen won the Drivers Championship last year, Mercedes won the Constructors Championship, and that was their eighth straight championship. They basically had dominated, absolutely dominated the hybrid era from the moment it started. And if you look back, From 2014, which was the beginning of the hybrid era, this new era that when things got changed up, really, 
to last year, 2021, it was an absolute run of sheer domination. One thing that we love to do in any sport, and Keith, you being a fan of football and stuff like that, you know this as well. We love to label things dynasties or ask the question, is this a dynasty? Far before we it should ever even be mentioned, right? Last year, when the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl, if you were asking after that Super Bowl, could this be a dynasty? That is that is stupid. It is a dumb question. It shouldn't even be asked. To me, a dynasty is a run of cons- of consistent success over at least a two to three year span, right? So what we saw with the Gold State Warriors in the NBA, that's a dynasty where you go to multiple championships, win multiple championships in a row, right? You're winning three out of four, two in a row, that type of thing. That's a dynasty. What we saw with the New England Patriots with Tom Brady, that's a dynasty, right? The Cowboys of the early 90s, that's a dynasty, okay? Those are dynasties. Alabama football in college right now, that's a dynasty, all right? But what is probably the ultimate dynasty was Mercedes over these last eight years. And this last weekend, it has finally come to an end. Red Bull has won the Drivers' Championship and now the Constructors' Championship for the first time since 2015. And the craziest thing about it is it is an end to an era in terms of Mercedes winning the Constructors' Championship. But when you go back to, I believe, to 2010, the only cars to win a championship whether driver, constructors, or both, is Red Bull or Mercedes. Red Bull won it four years in a row with Vettel from 10 to 13, and then from 14 to 21, it was Mercedes. Six of those were with Lewis Hamilton. One of them was with Nico Rosberg. Last year, it was Hamilton and Botas. They won the constructors together, and neither one won the drivers. And then Red Bull takes over this year. And for all that we love to rip on greatness when it's happening, the one thing I don't think people fully appreciate is just how amazing a run like that is. And for years, we've heard people saying we need to have competition. I'm right there with you. Nobody wants to see just the same person out there just clocking laps and winning by some ridiculous margin of victory okay if you look at some of mercedes most dominant seasons in 2014 their average margin of victory was 23 seconds think about that they won 16 of 19 races and it was by an average of 23 seconds that's insane that's that's absolutely insane Sane. And it did not get down into single digits until 2018. And even then, they still won the championship. Now, they won the drivers and the constructors, but they had a little bit of a fall off. Botas finished fifth that year. That was his lowest finish with the team. But even then, it was an average of 6.8 seconds margin of victory on their 11 wins that year. 
And now we're seeing them for the first time. We've only got a couple races left in the season and they have not scored a victory yet. And many people are writing them off thinking that this is the end, that they're done. And although this is the end of their run in terms of consecutive constructors championships, do not write them off for next year. Those of you who are throwing dirt on Lewis Hamilton, like he's this washed up dead guy who just can't get it done anymore. Next season, when he comes out, I would not be shocked if he not only wins multiple races, but is competing and potentially winning another championship. You don't have that sustained run of greatness, right? 14 to 2014 to 21. You don't do that and then just fall off a cliff and suck. I don't care how bad the regulations change. I don't care what happens. You don't just have that kind of fall off and then just suck. And people act like they're running in the back with Williams and Haas. They're still up in the top six each week. Like they're still scoring good runs. They're just not dominating the way they have. And that's the standard that they've been held to for so long because of their dominance. And it's just been an incredible run for them. I don't really have a team or a driver in F1. I I really just love to watch the racing. I just want to see the guys do good. I, you know, I was happy when Carlos Sainz got his first win this year. You know what I mean? I would love to see Lando Norris score a win. I would love to see Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Like, I just want to see good racing. And I like to see those guys do good because I think the sport is awesome when they do. But I do think it is a very, very good product when you can have multiple teams competing for the championship. And although Ferrari has literally just stepped on it this year and Mercedes struggled and they've been putting it together recently. They haven't won yet and they've been putting it together. Red Bull showed to be the class of the field and it wasn't close, but don't think that they're going to be running away with it. Yes. The era for Mercedes has ended in terms of consecutive championships, but keep an eye out for them next year, because I think they are going to be right there with Red Bull and potentially even better. All right, so now it is time for me and Keith's favorite portion of the show. We say it every week, hit or miss, and this is where I basically rattle off a a statement, and Keith says whether it hits or misses the mark. If it hits the mark, does that mean you agree? If it misses, eh, you don't agree. So, Keith, you ready? Let's do it. All right, so to get things started... After last week's race at Homestead, Denny Hamlin is now on the outside looking in of the top four, and he is five points below the cutoff. After this week's race at Martinsville, Denny Hamlin will miss the final four. Does that hit or miss the mark? I think that misses the mark, and and I say that because Denny's notoriously good at Martinsville. Yes, he is. Uh, I think it's going to be a little tougher this time around after the last Martinsville race was a snooze fest. I think it's going to be harder for him to make it, but I see him making it. I don't see the final four without him making it, if that makes any sense. Um, He's just had the strongest car, I think, in the playoffs with the speed. When it comes to the speed, he's always fast. His pit crew, not so much. I think... If he doesn't make it to the final four, one or two things happened. He was involved in a crash or his pit crew messes up on pit road. 
yet again. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think it misses the mark. I think he's going to to make the top four. Now, five points is essentially when you talk about the points in NASCAR. Um, five points would be he would need to win. And then the other driver who is in fourth, which is Byron, would need to be in second for them to tie in points. After the first to second place, it is a point by point basis. It's just one point deduction. So second gets 35, third gets 34, you know, fourth gets 33 and so on and so forth. So he's going to need that if he does not get a win, he's going to need to finish, you know, He's going to have to finish positions a better better than Byron. You know what yeah. I mean? And and he's going to have to finish good in both stages. And that's the thing too. The stage points are going to be really really important. And that's what I am actually the most interested in seeing this week at Martinsville is how do those drivers play out the stages because we saw where track position was so important at Martinsville. And so do you stay out and get those stage points, then come in and pit and risk going to the back? Do you try to short pit? You know what I mean? There's different ways. So the well, strategy of what those guys are going to do, I think, is going to be really interesting this week. Yeah, it's going to be inter- interesting. And and I guess the good thing is coming into the, this Michigan race, they had a, a test a while back. I say a while back, a couple weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Um and 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 the worst case scenario for Denny, everybody got closer because of that test. Yes. And and the upside to that is is the tire fall off really isn't there like it usually is at Martinsville. So yep. if you're Denny Hamlin, do you stay out that first stage and then cut the second stage in half if you get a yellow halfway and then come in, do your pit stop, get fuel, get tires, whatever. But I think. This, this race is just going to be interesting, I think. Denny's going to have to do what Denny's got to do in both stages. And if it comes down to moving Ross out of the way, well, sorry about you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't think he's going to be too concerned with Ross. You know, Ross is essentially no. in. Um, as long as all, Ross all, don't crash out, I think yeah, Ross makes it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. As long as as long as Chastain doesn't wreck, um, he should be in because he is what nineteen points ahead of the cutoff or something like that. Like he is, he's up there. I mean, he's second in points right now. So I'm with you. I think Denny has is it's qualifying is going to be everything in my opinion. That that being said. We've seen Denny move guys at Martinsville before. Well, I can tell you right now, if, if it comes down to the 11 or the one. Yes. If it's a winner, uh, winner, you know, win yeah, the race or go yeah, home yeah. type of situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I would, I would expect nothing less than that. So no, and I wouldn't put it past Denny yeah. to do it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, sticking with, uh, Martinsville, um, Goodyear is bringing a different tire to this week's race at Martinsville. So you alluded to the tire test that they had um, back in August. Um, With that, we will see a much more exciting and competitive race than we saw in the spring. Does this hit or miss the mark? I'm going to have to say it misses the mark because I got to see it to believe it for one. And looking at the speeds from that test, everybody was close. There wasn't really much fall off. No, you're Um, right on that. I, that concerns me 
And then if you go back and you look at the spring race, yeah, different tire, same same racetrack. Mm-hmm. It was boring. It was. it was very boring. It wasn't the same old Martinsville. You could see guys drive it deep in the corner. Oh, I made a mistake. Let me downshift, get through the mistake, drive through the mistake, and you're clean and green. You're yep. good. Yep. You didn't really lose much. Um, I don't think the tire compound or the tire that they're bringing is going to make this race more exciting. I'm, I'm with you. I think it misses the mark um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's I think the shifting is a big deal. The shifting I think has got it's more. To, track yeah, it, I think it has a. I think that has more to do with it than the tire. That being said, though, you know one of the reasons why the spring race was so bad was outside of the shifting in terms of the tire was because and Goodyear said this. You know, I apparently and I don't know what the weather is usually like in Martinsville, Virginia, in the spring, but apparently it was much cooler than normal. And the track wasn't taking rubber, it, which we know that's what kind of widens out the track, you know, gives it to where you can actually have a little bit more of an upper groove. And we didn't see that because it was so cool. And they're supposed to, with this tire, that's supposed to be something that they're hoping to have. Well, I don't know I, if they will or not. That's the thing. I think I I, I know it was cool because, I mean, of course, it, was, it ended up being a night race. So cool. Of course, it's going to be cool. Yeah. And and here we are again mm-hmm. in the fall. It's Virginia on the east coast, way yeah. down south. Yeah. It's going to be cool again. So therefore, I just need to see it before yeah. I can even say yes or no. Yeah. Um, it could be really good, or it could be really bad. I'm leaning towards the bad because of the spring race. Um, I think they need to do more than just tires. That's just me though. Yep, me too. But there's people that really like it. Then there's people that really don't like it. You, your hardcore fans don't like it. Your your new fans like it. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I'm 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 interested to see how it's going to play out. I'm hoping that it plays out um, much better than the spring. I nothing would please me more than them to go out there and it'd be like, oh hey man, the, it, it's got you know the tires fall off five seconds. I like that would be awesome. I have no problem with that. Hey man, we can't downshift because we spin the tires when we get on the throttle. Love it. I would you know that's great. I would love that. I think it would be an amazing race. Yes, it would be an amazing race. Go out there and dump WD forty all over the track. All right, let's slick this bitch yeah. up. You know <laughs> like I would love that. So um you know we'll see hopefully they've made it better and, and it's not um, the, as bad as the spring race because spring race was horrible. Spring race was horrible, and and it's an afternoon race this time around, correct? Um, it, yes, it should be an afternoon yes. race. Yes. So uh, the 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 temperature, the high is sixty degrees. So yeah, I hope it's exciting. I really hope it is because I love Martinsville. I, I do too. I do and, too. And I think this new car just ain't meant for short tracks. They need to go back to the drawing board on the the uh whether it be the transaxles or or the the gear ratios and even even maybe some horsepower. Maybe Kevin Harvick's right. I'm yeah. gonna lean that Kevin Harvick's right. Something, something, change something with it. So yeah. But you know, we'll see we'll see if they do that in the off season. I mean we're Don't getting hold close. your breath on it yeah. being good. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of changes, uh, NASCAR put out a video on Twitter showing an updated design to the rear end of their 
uh, of the next gen car. So it actually showed in a 33, it's only a 33 mile per hour crash, but it actually shows the rear end crushing where when you look at the current one, it, it just like bounces right off it, the it like bounces <laughs> off. So this new rear design is a step in the right direction. Hit or miss the mark, Keith. Um, I think it hits the mark, but it, it hits a day late and a dollar short. They should have done this sooner, should have made the changes sooner and not wait till next year. Because, I mean, we've been preaching on here. When's the last time we've seen multiple drivers sit out races because of concussions? Yeah. Never. And, and we and Rarely. we lost a driver. You know what I mean? Like, Kurt yeah. Busch re- and, is retiring. And, yeah. So, I mean, I love that they're making the changes and they're showing, hey, we're making the changes. We're doing what we need to do to make this car safer. But season's almost over and it probably should have been changed four months ago. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You you don't want to make a ton of changes in the middle of a season. Then it messes up the aerodynamics of the car, possibly. I don't know. But like we were talking off air, I think the days of seeing the rear deck lid into the back window are over. I think they're gone, especially with the composite body now. Yeah. Um, I love that they're making changes and it looks promising so far. Yes. It was at 33 miles an hour. We don't know what it's going to do at speeds because, uh, it ain't next year yet. Yep. So I'm with you. I think it is a step in the right direction. I also think it is late. Um, you know, it was only at 33 miles per hour. It does crush and it crushes up. Well, um, and that's actually kind of, I was actually kind of shocked when I saw the video because it was at only 33 miles per hour and it crushes quite a bit. So it makes me wonder what's it going to do at 140. Um, there is a lot more in the back of these cars. Now, when you talk about, um, you know, components, right? When you look, when you consider that you've got the so the transaxle back there you've got those coilovers you've got you know an arb back there right that they run at all times uh those are all things that can potentially puncture the fuel cell and when you talk about something crushing like that and now you've got these other parts breaking bending potentially snapping off and potentially poking holes in a fuel cell um you know as horrible as concussions are I bet if you took a poll with those drivers, every one of them would take a concussion over being burned in the cockpit. So I, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. So, you I, know, it's it's a step in the right direction. We we've been talking about wanting to see the drivers not be absorbing so much, but it's a fine line. Um, what that they're got that they gotta walk with that they're gonna have to walk with this. So obviously we gotta wait and see further testing and what the data shows. But overall, just looking and, at that, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And in all honesty, I think the changes should have been made after, was it Daytona or Talladega? Either or. One of the super speedways where Bubba Wallace had to catch his breath that the wind knocked out of him just from bumping. Yeah, if you're getting the wind knocked out of you, yeah. That should have raised a red flag. NASCAR should have said something. They've stayed very quiet. Yeah. Very, very quiet. And I think that's why you see these... uh, veterans the savvy veterans coming out saying look these cars aren't safe yeah and yep. i'm glad they're making the changes me Let, too let's me let's too. have the longevity of the car and the driver most yep. importantly the driver yeah exactly so so yeah all right moving on denny hamlin got it right when he said that he would rather have 60 wins in his career over a cup championship 
hit or miss the mark, Keith? I'd say it hits the mark. Um, well, I mean, let's face it. Denny without a championship is is the modern-day Mark Martin. I'd say he, he is. is probably the very best race car driver without a championship, and if you don't get one, he'll go down as the very best. I mean, the man's won, what, three Daytona 500? He's won every he's crown won, He's won everything, yeah. Other Except than the, the Brickyard champion. 400, yes. I think. Uh, in yes. The, in the championship. Unfortunately, the Brickyard 400's gone, so he's won every crown jewel. Yeah, he's accomplished everything you can accomplish outside of a championship. Yes, um, so I, I gotta, I gotta agree with it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm so torn on this. You know, part of me, um, part of me, you know, the cynical side of me is like, yeah, well, that's just what people who haven't won championships say. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what you know. It's like, um, what's that joke from the movie Liar Liar, where, where? Where the the kid says, my teacher says that real beauty's on the inside. And he's like, yeah, that's just something ugly people say. It's like it's it's kind of like that, you know. It's like yeah, that's just what non champions say. Um, but also part of me believes that, and um, I I would I can almost believe that that he that he believes that just because you know to win a championship now it's not I think the prestige of the championship has been uh reduced a little bit, right? Like when you look at for example, you look at the seven championships that Richard Petty or Dale Earnhardt won. You had to be the, on it every week for the entire season, right? That level of consistency had to be there. Don't take anything away from Jimmy Johnson because here's the deal. I think if that was the format that Jimmy Johnson would probably have close to seven. The, the dude just dominated a lot of those years, right? But, you know... He won in a different era where it was like, look, man, you just got to be on there at the end. You know, you look at there's been a couple of seasons where, you know, Kevin Harvick, for example, should have yeah, had a championship. Yeah. You know or what I mean? 2000. What was it? 2000. Was 2018. 19. He was where 10, he won 10 races. Yeah. He won 10 races. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that and look, Denny Hamlin, that I think that year also had like eight or nine. You know what I mean? Like the, they, they were the two winningest drivers and they didn't end up with the championship that year. So. You know, I think now the playoff aspect of it, it does make it more exciting. It does bring a level of drama to the sport that we don't we didn't have before. And that's great. It really is. It definitely puts it into the realm of these other sports like NFL, NBA, um, even, you know, Major League Baseball, NHL hockey. Like, I mean, there's a lot of teams that make the playoffs in the in hockey, but it, even if you're not a hockey fan, there's very few things more exciting than the NHL playoffs. There really is. It's like one of the greatest tournaments on earth. It's it's incredible. And NASCAR's got this level of drama with it now, which is awesome. But very rarely do we see the best, the driver who's had the best year all year win the championship, right? Obviously, last year we saw it with Kyle Larson. Um, the year before, you could very well make the argument that you know Chase Elliott won the championship, but he did not have the best overall year. You know what I mean? He he was there when he needed to be, and so I think that's what's kind of taken a little bit of the shine off of the way people like you and me think of a championship. And I think Denny Hamlin falls into that category too. Those guys were around, you know, back when it was the entire season. You know, we we the whole year was the championship. So. I think it 
hits the mark because I, I would not be shocked if Denny truly believes that because I think that is one of those mindsets that you could have where you're like, well, it's not really a yearly award anymore. You know, I you, you can make that argument in your head. Well, that and how many times have we seen Denny Hamlin go into the final four and it just everything fall apart for him? Well, and that's the everything. thing, you know, and I think more so coming into this year with this new car and a big unknown. Mm hmm. I think that throws up an even bigger question mark. Because if we're in the old car, I disagree with him. Yes. Uh, Just yeah. because the 11 in the old car was by far one of the yeah, fastest so cars good. in every race. Yeah, he was so good. And it's... it just sucks. I yeah. hope he gets one before he retires. But if he don't, he, he's got a, I'd say, a, a, a gold pass to the the hall of fame oh i uh, yeah i'm with you, it, you know, anybody that disagrees i mean you just yeah just i think you're wrong yeah anybody who disagrees i think you're wrong that's like you know those people who talk about when you you know there's dirt drivers out there they're like well they never won a championship it's like are you an idiot though like yeah jack hodgenshield didn't win the outlaw championship he won everything else the dude's a hall of famer right you know what i mean it's like come on give me a break the same thing with denny hamlin or a mark and, martin and, like and what they don't they realize, won everything else <laughs> right and then what they don't realize you can have a hall of fame resume without a championship a championship i mean look yeah. at look at the nfl hall of fame how many players in there don't have Super Bowl rings? A yeah. Ton. Yeah. A ton. Yeah. Like, would and, you look at Dan Marino and be like, he's not a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have a ring. It's like, yeah. uh, I don't know. He might be the greatest throw of a football we've ever seen. I'm pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. And, and look, even, you know, NASCAR, um, even more so today than ever before, it's such a team sport. Yes, those drivers carry the brunt of it. But it is a team sport, man. It, it absolutely is. And you can have situations where the car is not good or, you know, a bad pit stop. Right. And it could not even be anyone's fault. You could have a just a gun jam. Right. An airline break, something fluky. So or the car fall off the jack. I mean, yeah, we've seen that with Joey Logano in the 2014 championship yep. race. You know what I mean? Probably, so was, probably had a very good shot at dethroning Kevin Harvick at the time. Yep. And the car fall off jack and yep there's just so much happen. that can happen exactly so yeah i'm i'm with you i agree with danny on that and I, I i believe that he truly believes that so all right moving on uh so this last week the national motorsports appeals panel was correct when they upheld the one hundred thousand dollar fine and 50 point penalty to Cole Custer and the number 41 Stuart Haas racing team for artificially altering the race's finishing order at the Roval. Hit or miss the mark? I, I think it hits I think it misses the mark because either way, Chase Briscoe was taking the spot. Whether, I'm with you on that. I think he was taking the, the spot either way. Yep. Yeah, whether the problem was gonna happen or not, or the the whole ordeal. Yeah, and, I just and, I don't I just don't think it would have been as clean. <laughs> If he hadn't no, left it, because he was no. going for it either way. <laughs> and, and, and I got the argument from somebody. Well, he was locked in. Well, just do you know that Chase knows he was locked in? Yeah. Have you heard that? Because I haven't. And if I'm Chase and I'm coming down to that bus stop not knowing, yeah, I'm going to send it. And, and here's where I'm really off. If that changed the outcome of a race, what the hell did Chase Elliott do last year at Bristol? That exactly. Didn't change the of a race 
that that really changed the outcome of a race. It it changed who was going to win the race. Mm-hmm. And, and there was even radio proof to back it up from Chase. But hey, that was last year. This is this year. And I don't think the 41 team or crew chief or spotter did anything wrong. I mean, it, it, we see it every weekend. Teams helping their teammates. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is the difference? I mean, yeah. I guess you could argue it if you go by the, the car data the throttle tracing and the brake tracing, but still you set a president last year at Bristol. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I am with you on that. Now I will say this. The appeals Tire didn't look flat. I no, it that. did not. It did not. Now <laughs> the national motorsports appeals panel is not NASCAR. So that is something that you guys need to understand. Those of you listening they are two different bodies, right? So I remember we covered this with the William Byron situation where, um, you know, the appeals panel is not NASCAR. They are a complete separate entity. There is a third party. So for them to do this, um, I'm fine with that, okay? Because this wasn't NASCAR's call. NASCAR, you're right. NASCAR should have done this last year with Chase Elliott. They didn't. They did it with Cole Custer. Okay. Uh, you're being inconsistent on previous calls. That being said, if this is the route that you're going to go from this day forward, okay, but be consistent with it moving forward. That's my only thing is I don't like the fact that they've been inconsistent on this. If you're going oh, to yeah. maintain, yes, if you're going to maintain this, right, you know, we can chalk up 2022 as the, as the year of the fuck up and move forward. I'm fine with that. Just be consistent. Okay. So for me, the panel, the way that they saw it, I, I, I'm fine with it if they want to uphold it, because to me, the fault is on NASCAR for the initial confusion and screw up in my opinion. And, and I think what saved them on the appeal, they went back and rewrote the role after William Byron. They did. They did. Yep. So. I mean, therefore, they it wasn't black and white, and they hurried up and made it black yes. and white, so this situation didn't happen again. Yep, you're right. Because we're trying to set something. Yep. Well, you should have done it months ago. Exactly. Years that's, ago. That's the thing. Nothing the has thing. been black and white all the way up to the playoffs last season. Oh, my God. Been I mean, they're dancing in been, the gray for yeah. decades. Well, <laughs> and I think we've seen it at... Was it Indy this year where Ross Chastain damn near took a shortcut or he did take a shortcut at Indy? Yeah, he was cutting across the 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 I corner mean, there. Yeah. <laughs> like massively. <laughs> and didn't attempt to make the corner. I mean I just, No, it was <laughs> the rules don't make any sense anymore. They don't. They don't. And that's it, the it, thing. They need to they need to sit down and really go through them and and get this stuff lined up. Get it and, get it lined out in a in a it, legit way. What it reminds me of is is Bush League. Yep. You're you're the top echelon of motorsports in the North America region, and you're you're botching rules and you're remaking up rules. I mean, we seen what Bristol last season. They couldn't get the restarts together, and bam, we're mm-hmm. going to single file restarts and then back to double. It just none of it makes any sense. Nope, you're right. You're right. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. So all right. Last one for hit or miss, and it's a biggie. So 
after a horrible finish at the National Open, and I know all you Pennsylvania posse guys were celebrating after freaking Lance DeWeese. Dude, that guy. I could tell you, I tell you what, man, if I can ever bet on sprint car racing, you best believe that's my bet at the freaking at Williams Grove. That guy's insane. So hey, uh, <laughs> at least I can say the guy I picked finished second. There you go. Yeah, it's very incredible, man. Damn posse driver. So after uh, a horrible fin- yeah, after a horrible finish at the National Open, Brad Sweet's points lead is now down to a mere 16 points over David Gravel. With only the world finals remaining, David Gravel will get his first outlaw point championship this year at the world finals. Keith, does that hit or miss the mark? I think it's going to hit the mark because it's going to put that 49 team in a situation they've not been in in a very long time. Because usually coming into the world finals, they've either been crowned the champion when they unloaded or they were the champion the week before or the the race before. Um, I think now with the pressure, with the two being 16 points behind, is going to add more pressure to the 49. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but I think they're going to fold under the pressure. We're going to see a new champion. David Gravel's going to get it done, and I think he's going to win the win the World Finals to get it done. Oh, man. I, I have been going back and forth on this, dude, and I honestly... If it's going to happen, I, it's going to be this year. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And when we when you look at the year that Gravel has had, he has had about as good of a season as you could have. Um, when you start, you know, basically putting their seasons head to head, I mean, you know, both have 66 starts, obviously. Sweet with five wins, Gravel seven. Sweet 38 top fives, Gravel 39. Sweet 56 top tens, Gravel 58. The only thing that's basically gotten Brad Sweet when you look at their their stats, the lead over David Gravel is David Gravel just happens to have one or two more of those horrendous finishes, right? Where the 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 car breaks and they finish twenty third out of twenty fourth or whatever. He's just got one or two more of those over Brad Sweet. Like that's been the thing. Sweet's consistency has been where it's at. Last year I was at the World Finals. Brad Sweet, all he had to do was qualify on night one, and the championship was locked up. Um, that's not the case this year going into the finals. You know, there's four nights of the world finals. The each, each series that's there is running three out of the four nights. The outlaws are running Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, the, the sprint cars, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So I'm really interested. I, I am really interested to see what's going to happen Wednesday night. I think if Gravel cuts into that lead Wednesday night, if he goes out and he beats Sweet and he cuts into that lead and now it's it's 10 points and not 16, it doesn't even have to be a lot. He just takes four or five points off and Sweet feels that pressure and has a whole day Thursday to sit on it and think about it going into Friday, I think Gravel is going to win it. I think if Brad Sweet goes out Wednesday night and he has a good finish, he beats David Gravel and just pulls. Doesn't need. He doesn't have to pull away a lot. Just pull away. I mean, instead of it being sixteen, makes it twenty points. I think Sweet wins the championship. 
I can't, I, I've got to see Wednesday night first. You know what I mean? I'm with you because Gravel, he's in the attack mode right now. And if he's going to win the championship, this is his, this is the best shot that he's had that I can remember. I, I can't remember him being this close at this point in the season. So, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be close. You know, it's it's going to be really and, close. And, and I'm just, looking forward to it. I'm excited for it, man. And I am too, because I don't think in recent years we've not seen the 49 in a situation like this. Because last year, all he had to do is qualify. Yes. The year before that, all they had to do was unload the car from the trailer. Yep. And they won the championship. I think the year before that, all they had to do was show up. Yeah, pretty much. Now, I will say this. What And I'm trying to remember, was it 18 or 19? Hold on, let me look real quick. Because I know one year he he barely won, and I can't remember if it was his first or second. It was his first championship. Yeah, so in 2019, Sweet's first championship, he it, he beat shots by four points. I remember, I remember, I remembered it was one of them. So he's been there before. It's just been a long time. But here's the thing: that was a different story then. He was the hunter, not the hunted. Donnie Schatz was the returning, you know, Schatz had been the one who had been winning all the championships. This was Sweet's first shot to win it. And now, 2022, Gravel is in the position that Sweet was going into those world finals. So it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to to next week. I'm looking forward to this next weekend's races. I, I cannot wait to watch him. I literally cannot wait to watch him. So... It's going to be, it's going to be exciting, man. And I'm, I, I can't, I don't even know who to go with my, I'll tell you this. I want to say sweet just because of the fact that I race with them and, and stuff like that. But I, I'm it's, if David gravel wins, I'll be happy too. Cause I think the more people who win championships in those, you know what I mean? Like that, at that level, I just think it's awesome. Right. Yeah. As much as we love to see the dominance and it's cool when these guys are on a run, um, I think it would be great. I, David Gravel is a very deserving champion. Right. You can make that case for, uh, you know, Sheldon Hodenshield, Carson Macedo, uh, even, you know, Logan Schuhart. Schuhart finished second in the points a couple seasons ago. Obviously, Donnie Schatz, he's got 10 of them, so he's good. But I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of drivers that you can make that case for that have had phenomenal seasons and unfortunately they just happened to be racing at a time when there was someone just slightly better and so i would like to see gravel get a championship because i think he is a very deserving one he has had a phenomenal season and has come on strong here in the second half and uh you know i will say if brad sweet does get the championship this year this will be his i would have to say one of his best best championship runs just because of the amount of things that they have had to persevere this season. It's been incredible. And and I agree with that. And and I think if, if I recall earlier way on at the beginning of the podcast, we said David gravel would have a chance. Yes, we did. If keyword, if they had a strong second half of the season, something that they've never done before. Yep. Yep. They've we did it. talk about that really early it, on in the summer. And I think, I think David Gravel comes in and he shuts the door and he says, thanks, Brad, you were the champion. I'm the new champion. Now it's um, my time. <laughs> I, I think David's going to have a little extra mo- motivation. He had a baby a couple weeks ago. Um, and this is the closest that he's been at the championship. And 
And I don't think they're going to fold under pressure. If anything, I think they do a little better under pressure. Um, it is going to be, I think this championship is going to be more exciting than the NASCAR championship. I do too. I, I do too. I'm with you on that. Between this championship and the Xfinity championship race, these are going to be, these two are going to be more exciting than, than the uh, pavement. NASCAR yeah. Stuff. Yeah, the, the Xfinity Championship. Or the Cup Series. Definitely going to be exciting. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. Next week, we got Championship Week. So it's going to be, yeah, we're going to cover that next week. Because, yeah, that with, with Josh Berry and Noah Gregson, and, uh, we haven't got the, that. Those two are, are locked into the Final Four. But, True, and Noah Gregson. Yeah. Wow. It's just, yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. So, yeah, I... Definitely, definitely looking forward to this next week, uh, next week's uh, racing because we've got a lot, a lot of good stuff on the docket. So it's going to be fun. And well, I think this, this is going to be the first time on both sides of the sprint cars, whether it's USAC or World of Outlaws, where it's going to come down to championship night for both. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There is a tight points battle in the sprint car championship with um, uh, Justin Grant and. Uh, Oh, why I can't. Brady, Brady Bacon. Bacon, Brady Bacon. Yeah. Uh, Grant's only got, I want to say it's like 70 something points. Is 70 points, 77, yeah, points, something like that. 75, something like that. So, you know, the, and they've got three nights at Paris, I believe, um, coming up. So, well, they've got Cocopa this weekend and then next week they've got three nights in Paris. So, um, I should actually try to go down to that. That's not, I shouldn't say that's not far. It's a seven hour drive for me, but that would be fun. It It would be worth it. Yeah. I might have to go down there for that. We'll see. Convince my wife. We're going to the sprint car races. There you go. It would be a business trip. I could classify it as a business trip. (laughs) Doing doing work for the podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) So. Got a recon here. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I got to go down and do some interviews for the show. Just walk around with my phone. Yeah. Just walk around with my phone asking questions. So, all right. So, that's going to do it all for the hit or miss portion of the show. So, before we wrap things up for this week, um, we do have a listener email question. Um, And if you guys want to send us a question or comment or anything, whatever, you can send it to ask3wide at gmail.com. That's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. There's also, you'll see it down in the description. Um, of this uh, podcast and the information. So this is from Casey. Um, He makes it really, really quick and simple. He says, Hey, Tommy, Keith, love the show. You guys have talked about it before, but I was just wondering, would you guys ever race again in real life? Thanks. Um, Well, Casey, Keith, you can go first on this. Um, Would you, will you ever race again in real life? Um, I would say for the opportunity to do it again, every star would have to align just perfect. If one's just out of line, no. Everything's got to be just perfect. Um, unfortunately, probably not. Um, therefore, I mean, I've I've taken the back seat of the racing, trying to get back into racing. I mean, I I, I got kids now. Um, I want to try getting my son Parker into it. Um, yeah, and and grow a bond with him like me and my dad did. Um, that and I just I, the love to do it. I would love to do it, but the opportunity's got to be there. I mean, with everything 
being price-wise through the roof right now and tires are expensive more expensive than what they ever have been yeah I, I just it's not looking good so i'd say no i'll stick to iRacing though yeah i'm with you on that don't get hurt on iRacing it's, and i can reset and i don't have to pay for the car <laughs> exactly exactly now um, i'm with you on that you know for me personally i for me it's yes and no and i'll explain what i mean by that so for me personally to get out there and actually race again, I've actually looked into it. I actually have gotten um, some people that I have met through the sim racing community um, who have offered me, you know, hey man, if you're ever out here, let me know and I'll let you run my car. I mean, I've had people tell me this with uh, mostly mini sprints, the, the 600s. Um, there's two in North Carolina who've told me this and one in, I want to say, Ohio. it could be, Ohio. I can't remember if it's Ohio or Indiana. Please forgive me that I'm getting it wrong. Uh, well, I shouldn't even say his name. I don't know if he wants me to say that, but anyways, so I've had a couple people do that. I've actually had another guy who actually doesn't live that far from me. He just got a dwarf car and he just said, Hey man, we'll have to get you over here and get you in it. Obviously not a race, but just to, to race, to kind of take it around the track, test it out, that type of thing. Cause I've never driven a dwarf car before, which would be cool. Um, I would love to race again. I've never raced anything bigger than an outlaw car. One of my greatest regrets of my life was not running the dirt midget when I had a chance. I had a, a ride lined up for a race. I was going to be paying 500 bucks to race the car for the weekend. Um, I knew the car very well. It was the car I worked on all every all the time. And the car owner was going to make a deal with me just because he liked me um, you know, and let me run the car at the race that was going to be at my, my home dirt track. Um, the race was in like three months. I had moved up to Washington. I, I hadn't moved up there yet. I had gone up there to visit family. I ended up staying up there. A lot longer than planned. Um, at the time, you guys know I've told the stories before. I was battling drug addiction and stuff like that back then, and I ended up staying up there thinking a change of scenery would do me good. And I missed the race. I, I wasn't back for the race. Um, one of the greatest regrets of my life. I would not have gone out there and done very good. Um, I, you know, I would. It's not like I would have gone out there and, and been awesome and got a ride in a dirt midget and life would have changed. No, it just was an experience that I wanted to have and I have never had, never got to have it. So. As much as I regret that, I don't see me ever doing that. That being said, if I were to ever come across the financial means to race, I would be back in racing. I don't think it would be as a driver. I actually have much more interest in being a car owner. Um, that is actually something I'm already looking at. Now, my plan is eight to 10 years out. Okay. This is something I'm wanting to do when my son is out of high school. Okay. He's nine years old now. So I've got a long ways to go with this, but something that I would like to do when I'm older, you know, late forties, early, early, early fifties, um, is own a, a car and have others drive it and give kids or upcoming drivers an opportunity that I never got. You know, I got it in an outlaw card. I never got it in anything else. Um, because I, I just, I love racing and I love, you know, being at the dirt tracks and it would be fun to just go out and travel the country racing with me and my wife and me owning the car. So that is something I do want to do. But in terms of me being behind the wheel, 
I don't see that happening. Um, you know, it, like Keith said, the stars would have to align. I, we, if I were to hit the Powerball, right? Like, let's say I buy, and I, it, you know, oh, in I, that case, yeah, yeah, I'll you know, I, I tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, I hit the the six hundred million dollar, seven hundred million dollar Powerball. You'll read about it, and you'll be like, "Hey, Tommy Brandon just started a new a new." USAC sprint car and midget team. Cause I could tell you exactly what I'd be doing. I would go out, I would buy the, the, the cars, sprint, sprint cars and midgets. I would go and I would go right up to Justin Grant and team And I'd say, whatever you're being paid, I'll double it. Come run for me. Oh, by the way, Keith, pack your shit. You're coming out to Cali <laughs> and we would go racing, man. And it would just be awesome. And I'd be like, Hey, Timez, Grant, I you're my teachers. Get to work. What the hell do I need to do? So if I ever become a billionaire, then yes. <laughs> but other than that, I don't see me driving again. No. Uh-uh. Like he said, I want to get my son into it. My son wants to race. Um, we've been looking at uh, putting together an outlaw card for him. So um, that's something that we've been talking about. But even that, you know, Keith, you're talking about the money. Even that, it's so expensive. Oh, man. my gosh. The money's dude. insane, dude. It's just insane, it, man. I was... I was going back at, I think I was at work and I was just sitting thinking about it. Like, damn, it was so much cheaper to race mm-hmm. when I first started Yep. than it would be now to, to get my boy started. And it, even to get him going, I think every star would have to align. Everything would have to be perfect. I'd have to find a killer deal that I couldn't turn down. Yes. Um, either way, I, I want to get him into racing at some point, whether it be from the fan side or teach him about the ins and the outs and, and maybe turn him into a yeah. Hall of Fame USAC crew chief. There Never you know. go. There you go. Yeah, and that's always a good way to get into it too is, is just turning the wrenches. You know, that that's how I was. I kind of knew I was never going to be a driver, um, so I went to the, the mechanic you know, side of it. Nowadays anymore, I find more fun and enjoyment into that than I would driving. I'm, I'm with you. I always love that. Um, that I, as much as I loved driving and, and look, driving, racing, being behind the wheel was a rush. It was, it was fun, man. But I enjoyed the, the crew chief aspect more. I really did. I just, I geeked out on it, man. I loved sitting there talking to the driver and what's the car doing and breaking it down and, you know, walking the track and trying to figure out how can I make this thing faster? How can I make this thing better? You know what I mean? Like I, I just love that. I mean, I love it to this day, you know, and I, I only do it now on a sim, but I love it. You know, I yeah. absolutely love it. You know, and, and, it's, it's so much fun. And and that's where I'm at with it. Like you, you don't get the physical tool on your body. Yes. Not exactly. doing it anymore. Cause I had a big flip at Lawrenceburg Speedway in 2010 and I've not been able to pop my neck since then. Like, see, that's I get oh, that man. feeling where, damn, I, I need to crack my neck and I just, I can't, it's very rare that I can. And it's happened ever since then. And, and that's always set back in the back of my mind. Like, would I want to get back in the car and do that? Absolutely. Would it suck to have that happen? It would. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, that comes with it. Yep. It does. It does. So, so thank you very much for the question, Casey really appreciate it so but you guys that's going to do it all for this week now we will be back next thursday um 
like I said, we got really, really busy week with a bunch of stuff going on. So we will be back next Thursday to cover all of that and to get ready for the finale in the Outlaws and NASCAR, a bunch of series. So we'll be back. So until then, please make sure, download, subscribe, share it with your friends. Hell, share it with your enemies. We don't really care. Just share it. Just get it out there. And uh, if you guys do that, we will be back next week to do it all over again. So, Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Get some sleep. Ah, I, I think I've got enough sleep. There I, you go. I over, definitely overslept yesterday. Yep. I, so, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good on the sleep. Uh, biggest all thing right. now is get prepared for winter. Indoor there you go. Season's right around the corner. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, I'm, I've been loving the weather here. It's been so nice to not be sitting oh, in my man. office it's, sweating. It's, it's been we've had a little little bit of freezing temperatures here, but it, it's back to fall. It, it's like 60, 70 degrees outside. Comfortable. Yes. Comfortable fall weather. Yep. Gets down into the 40s in the morning and it's up to 70 degrees in the afternoon. Perfect. It's times like now where I wish racetracks ran a little bit longer. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, this is the it's like, can we extend the season? Maybe we maybe we a couple you know, weeks. Yeah, extend it just a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we take a summer break. Say, hey, July, we're not racing no more. We're going to race through October. <laughs> hey, now that I could get down with. I'm, I'm okay with Indiana. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. So, But anyways, that's going to do it, you guys. Thank you very much, as always. So until next week, want to wish you guys a great weekend. Take care.